Welcome to the Portland Christian Center Podcast. This is our weekly podcast from our Sunday service. Anchored in Christ. That's who we are, amen? And when we're anchored in Christ, it produces abundant life. And that's what I am praying for every single person that's here. Would you look at your neighbor and say, let's be anchored in Christ. Turn to your other one and say, you too. You too. Fantastic. Man, that youth night was incredible, wasn't it? Did you get joy to celebrate that? Over a thousand kids were here. Ten got saved. We're believing for more uh, and more testimonies to be revealed. It's just an incredible time, and we're so grateful for all that God is doing. Pastor Jason mentioned it, and different ones have mentioned it. We are all about loving God, presenting hope, and developing people here at Portland Christian Center. And we believe that's Jesus' mission, isn't it? And if it's Jesus' mission... That's right. It's our mission. And I want to invite you. There's a special three-week series that we're going to do on Wednesday nights at Better Together starting this Wednesday for the next three weeks where we're going to talk about loving God, presenting hope, and developing people. And I want every single person here to be there because it's going to be, I believe, monumental for our church as we shift direction and we head together on a mission. That's Jesus' mission. And if it's Jesus' mission... It's our mission. And you know, Portland Christian Center has been and will continue to be an amazing church that shoves down the darkness and produces the light of Christ everywhere we go. In fact, did you know next year we will have been doing ministry, Portland Christian Center in 2024 will be around for 100 years. 100 years, and it's that legacy, that ministry. It's just incredible to be a part of that history. And part of that here is I just want to say, Mael and I, from the bottom of our hearts, we want to say thank you to so many of you that we've met here, your grandkids, your kids. I'm almost going to start singing the blessing, your children, your children, your children. But I mean that with all sincerity, we have genuinely fallen in love with the people here at Portland Christian Center. We see God's hand, his faithfulness. And part of the ministry here at Portland Christian Center, one of the reasons that it's been so strong is that we have a a group of people that said, I am going to sacrifice my life to be a part of the body of Christ. And that's really what it's all about. We are not in this for ourselves. We see that we are here to reach people all around the world and here at Portland Christian Center. And so I just want to invite you, if you're a member, don't forget March 19th, that's just two weeks away, we have our annual membership meeting, and it's going to be awesome. Some people are like, is it a business meeting? Sure, but it's going to be amazing. Why? Because it's Portland Christian Center. And it's the place to be. PCC? is the place to be. And we have two phenomenal new deacons that are gonna be ratified, and I want you to be a part of that. I wanna introduce them to you real quick. They'll be up on the screen. Uh, We have a picture of both of them. Matt Bell and Arnie Burley, would you clap for them? Amazing men of God. 
As you noticed, Arnie has the right haircut. We're working on mats. But I want to say thank you for, uh, for being ready to serve. And I just want to pray for our church. I want to pray for them. I want to thank, uh, by the way, the, the members that's going off. Uh, David Ming has been amazing. He's filled in. And then also um, John Harstad, who left the deacon board to come on staff. We love them. But would you just lift your hands? We're just going to pray God's blessing upon our church because we're about to hit 100 years. And if the Lord tarries, we're going to do another 100. Amen? So, Father, right now, we thank you for your church. We thank you for your body. I thank you for these new deacons that are going to be ratified. I bless Matt. I bless Arnie, Lord Jesus. Thank you for the heritage here at Portland Christian Center. A hundred years is coming, Lord, and we thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your church. We love you, and we give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 4 in just a moment. I am so excited to preach to you this morning. I believe today God has a word for you. He has a word for your neighbor. If you're watching online, he has a word for you as well. And the reason is we've been talking about being anchored. And when we are anchored in Christ, amazing things happen. But the temptation and really the problem that all of us face is that there are a lot of things in life that we can be anchored in. Many people find their anchor in their finances. Many people find their anchor in their relationships. Many people find their anchor in fame or social status or being something to somebody. They find their anchor in all kinds of different things. But my prayer for every single one of you is the same thing that Jesus said in John 10.10. I have come that you would have life and that you would have abundant life. But before that, did you know what it said? That That the enemy, Satan, has come to steal, to kill, and to destroy you and your family. Don't be deceived, church. There is an enemy out for your soul. Don't be deceived, church. There is an enemy trying to destroy Portland. There's an enemy trying to destroy the school systems, the kids, the medical care. Everywhere we see, there is an agenda of the enemy to destroy. But the Bible says that greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. So we walk in confidence, we walk in strength, we walk in power. Why? Because we're anchored in Christ. And if you're anchored in Christ, you're going to produce abundant life. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Anchored in Christ produces abundant life. Anchored in Christ produces abundant life. And so we've been going through Ephesians, and Paul's talking about this abundant life that we're supposed to have. And what's fascinating is he's writing this from prison. How could someone in prison talk about the good life, the abundant life? It's because he knew the secret is when you're in Christ, that the enemy does not have the power to take away what's inside. No power of hell. No work of the enemy has any authority to ruin or destroy what's inside of you if you're in Christ. You see, one of the things that we preach here at Portland Christian Center is that we absolutely believe God is good. He's with you. He's for you. So who could be against you? But we don't preach a false gospel that when you come to Christ, everything will be easy and you'll never have a hard time. 
This church would not last for 100 years if that was the gospel. But what the Bible teaches us is that even when you go through hard times, you have a hand to hold. You have the Spirit of God with you that will get you through, and you will be victorious. You will be the light of, the, a light of Christ everywhere you go. Why? Because you are anchored in Christ. But today, Paul is going to talk about something that's so important that I think a lot of Christians miss, and maybe people that are searching and trying to find out about God, is that oftentimes we think that being anchored in Christ means that I can still pick and choose and do what I want to do as long as I come to church and pray and read once in a while. And it's like God is blended into all these different things. But Paul says that if you are truly going to be anchored in me, you're going to have to get rid of some things. It's like, oh man, I should have stayed home. (laughs) Today is going to be one of those things where the truth is going to be preached. And you might say, wow, that's pretty intense. Well, I know this, the truth will set you free. I'm not here to shy away. I'm not here to candy coat it. Why? Because I believe Jesus is returning. And I believe the time is short and it's not time to play games. It's not time to just feel good about everything. It's time to look at our lives and our hearts and say, Father, if there's anything in me that needs to be removed, I want to remove it so that you can fill that place with your presence in my life. So my prayer is for every single one of you that you have eyes to see ears to hear, and a heart to respond to the gospel in Jesus' name. Amen? So grab your Bibles. We're in Ephesians chapter 4, and we're going to pick up, and we're actually a little bit further down. We're going to pick up in verse 25. Verse 25, it says this, therefore each of you must put off falsehood. So he's already starting off right out of the gate, things you've got to remove. Put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. Say foothold. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with their own hands that they may have something to share with those in need. I'm going to pause right there, and I want to bring up a part in the scripture that says, put off. Did you see that? Put off. If you have your Bibles or something, I want you to highlight that, or on your phones, go ahead and highlight it or underline it. Put off. The, the phrase there in the Greek is actually having put away once and for all. Did you hear me? Once and for all. Oftentimes, there are things that we thought we've put away. Where did you come from? And they just show back up. The list is already there. Falsehood. That means not telling the truth. It means speaking lies. And if you're going to be anchored in Christ, there are things that all of us have to face with the work and the power of the Holy Spirit. I love, Mael brought this up today in our, in our intercessory prayer time. She said, King David prayed this prayer. Search me, O God. Know my heart. 
If there's anything wicked or offensive in me, I want you to come and wash me and make me clean and then lead me in the way of everlasting. You see, as a believer, one of the things we know as a Christian, if you call yourself a Christian, you have to understand sanctification. That means that even though you are saved, you're going to heaven, he still has work to do inside of you. And what's that work to do? So that you'll be anchored in him so that you can have an abundant life because there are people in this world watching you to see if what you have is worth having. And the only way that sanctification will work is if you're willing to humbly say, you know what, that does not belong in my life. I love playing basketball. I'll be honest, I'll confess it. I love playing sports, but basketball is my favorite. And I, I've kind of graduated from playing on competitive teams in high school and college to now, basically my basketball looks like open gyms. So you have all kinds of different skill levels and people playing. And one time, I, this is in the Tri-Cities, I showed up and there was a guy playing five-on-five -five team basketball and he pulls out his AirPods and he's trying to play basketball with AirPods on. So he's hooping, he's playing, you know. And at first I'm watching him, he's got music on, warming up, and I'm looking at him and he doesn't take him off. So the game's going and we're passing, we're playing, we're shooting, we're, we're doing okay. And there comes a point when the ball's loose and guys are yelling at him to get it, to get it, to get it, and he doesn't even hear him. He just stays over there. And I looked at him and I said, take the AirPods out. And you know what he said? I'm good, bro. <laughs> but bro, you're not good. So the game kind of keeps going, keeps going, and I am not kidding you. One of, his, one of the guys was so frustrated, him, he walked right up to him, took the AirPods right out of his ears, and chucked them. And I thought there was a fight coming on. And the guy was like, kind of went like this to chest him up, you know, you know how guys do that. Why do guys do that, right? Now you're scared. There's just something about men, right? They go, oh, back down. But the dude who took the AirPods was like 6'6", and this guy was like 5'8". There was nothing happening. And the guy looked at him and he said, you are hurting our team. You see, what we have to recognize what Paul is saying to the church in Ephesians is the same thing he's saying to every single one of us. Listen to this, this is so important. American culture has taught you to think in terms of me, mine, and mine again. I. When you read the ancient scriptures and the Bible, what, 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 what Paul's interpreting everything is it's actually we, us, and our. In other words, if you're living your life thinking I can wear AirPods and I can have all these different things in my life, and God's saying, throw them away. He's not just saying it for your benefit. He's actually saying it for the benefit of your neighbor. Because we need every single person here to throw some things away. You see, one of the biggest lies I hear in the, right now in, in culture, and I've seen this in church, church, pastors are talking about this a lot right now, is that after COVID, a lot of people got comfortable staying home. And I've seen blogs and I've seen Facebook posts of people say things like this, I can be a Christian and not go to church. 
And that may be true, but the problem is you're playing a basketball game with a team that's trying to conquer the gates of hell, and you're over here with your AirPods in, and you're saying, it's all about me. Carrie Job, sing it one more time. I'm going to listen to Elevation. I'm going to listen to all these things. And there's nothing wrong with Carrie Job or Elevation or all these amazing churches that are doing great things. The problem is the body of Christ was meant to be together. And it's not just about you. If you're online and maybe you're watching this, you're like, man, and this is true. I know there are a lot of people in our church that are forced to stay home because of their shut-ins or medical health. And that's not who I'm talking to. Because many of you give, many of you serve, many of you do so many different things. I want to say thank you. But what I am saying, if you're here and you're not sure if you should be plugged into a local church, I'm going to clear it up for you real quick. Plug in. Not because we need you, like me, myself, but you need to be a part of the body of Christ. Because the body of Christ needs you and we need each other. It was never meant to be alone. Never meant to do that. So Paul is saying, hey, I want to give you some very clear things that right now you are doing life in a way that was never meant to be done. Could you imagine if Myel and I went on a date and I sat face to face when I said, hey, that's a great story, babe. Hold on. Mm. Let's just take a moment and enjoy. You know what would happen? Myel would take these out real quick, and it would not go well for me. (laughs) We're designed for relationship, and we're also designed to have each other, because here's the truth. You and I will have things in our ears, belief systems, patterns of behavior that are actually not supposed to be there, but we don't see them. Blind spots. Why are they called blind spots? Because you don't see them. But we need each other, don't we? We need help. So Paul is saying, hey, I'm going to tell you about some blind spots, and if this is you, you've got to remove them. Let's keep going. This is what he says. This is a big one. You ready? Verse 29. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. What? That's a big AirPod but only what is helpful for building others up according to whose needs? Their needs. That it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. We do not want to grieve the Holy Spirit. You know that neglect is also another way of grieving the Spirit. Neglect would mean I'm just going to show up on a Sunday and then ignore the Holy Spirit all week. It's when he prompts you to do something and you ignore him. We do not want to grieve the Holy Spirit. Get rid, so here's some more AirPods, get rid of of all bitterness and rage and anger and brawling and slander along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. First thing I want to talk about, is anger a sin? No, right in the passage says, right at the very beginning it said, in your anger do not sin. Now, 
You may not know this, but some of us guys, guys, we got to pay attention real quick, fellas. Men in the house, I've learned this the hard way. We struggle with identifying our emotions. Ladies, I want to applaud you right now. Because you can identify how you're feeling. There's been so many times Mael and I will go on a walk and she'll say, how are you feeling about that? And you know what I'll say? I have no idea. <laughs> Better check in. But do you know that you have six core emotions? I'm going to put them up on the screen for you. You might be like, oh, really? I got to write these down. Six core emotions. The first one is happiness. The second one, I'll go through the list. They should come up for everyone to see. The six core emotions are sadness, fear, disgust, anger, and surprise. And here's, here's what I want you to understand. When you look at those emotions, all of us have those. They're gifts from God. The problem is when you look at those, many times people will be like, Oh, man, I need to be happy, sad, no, I don't want that, fear, uh, disgust, no, uh, anger, oh, definitely not that, surprise, uh, don't surprise me. And we attach, listen to this, value to different emotions, and we undervalue other emotions. Or maybe another word will say, well, that's a positive one, but that's a negative one. And what we have to recognize is that emotions are emotions. It's like a dashboard that's giving you an indicator that something needs to be done in your life. And the problem is so many times there's emotions that we're feeling or sensing and because of a trauma or a past experience, we stuff them underneath and we end up hiding and not giving our whole self to God. And what ends up happening is we explode. Things just burst out. And we just can't admit, hey, that, I, I'm really, really struggling with this. You see, anger is one of those things that I'll just be completely transparent. That's one I've had to work through, and I'm still working through. Why? Because I will be angry about something, and then I'll say, no, I'm not angry. <laughs> well, your face is red. <laughs> Says who? And, and I just don't want to show it. Why? Because I think being angry is bad. But Jesus, actually in Scripture, do you know that there's over five different accounts in Scripture where Jesus displays anger? I want to I read for you. In John 2, 13-25, it says this, In the temple courts he found people selling cattle, sheep and doves, and others at tables exchanging money. So he made a whip. Could you imagine? He made a whip out of cords and drove all of them from the temple courts, both sheep and cattle. He scattered the coins of the money and changers and overturned their tables to those who sold doves. He said, get these out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a market. His disciples remembered what is written. This is so important. Zeal for your house will consume me. This is so critical for all of us to understand your emotions are telling you something. They're indicators, but they are not to lead you. You see, Jesus was led by the Spirit. We know that. In Luke, he goes and he prays, and he's filled with the Holy Spirit, and he, that's how he conquers temptation from Satan, and he's filled with the Holy Spirit. When he comes back, and he's full of power, and you know what he does? He sits down, and he makes a whip. It takes a little bit of time to make a whip. I'm not, I've never actually done that myself. But here's what he's doing. He's deciding how he's going to handle this. 
You see, there are things that need to be corrected. And one of the biggest struggles that I see right now is that oftentimes we fall silent when we should speak. There are things in people's lives that right now that you know someone needs to tell them because if they don't change, they're going to go to hell. But we're so kind and so afraid to speak up. And then here's the other thing that's hard. We're really good at spotting the AirPod in somebody else, but we don't see it in ourselves. Some of us are carrying around things and we think nobody else can see what's going on in your ears. Just this last week, I was getting ready for a meeting and I went out and uh, I was getting ready to leave and, and Cheryl goes, Nate, 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 hold on, hold on. She goes, you got something right here. There was a chunk of almond sticking in my tooth. Thank you, thank you, Cheryl. You know what she's saying? I love you enough to tell you. Paul is saying to everyone here, I love you enough, church, to tell you that there are things in your life that you are designed to live abundantly, filled with the Holy Spirit, full of power, but you're so caught up over here that you're missing the freedom God has for you. God has freedom for you, for every single one of us. And the question is, will we be humble enough to say, that's right. You know what? I missed it there. I've got something inside of me that I need to get rid of. There's one word I want to define because it was kind of confusing for some people. What in the world? Paul says to get rid of malice. What is malice? It's not lettuce or salad or an almond in your tooth. Malice means extreme enmity of heart, malevolence, a, dis a disposition to injure others without cause for mere personal gratification or from a spirit of revenge. There are things that, the, that God wants to help you and I get rid of. And the danger for every single one of us, hear, hear me on this one, is that when you are around something over and over and over, you can get numb to it and not allow the spirit to touch your heart. One of the most interesting things to pay attention to is that the same conditions or the same area that produced a Peter also produced a Judas. Here's what I'm saying. Jesus had 12 disciples for three years and they were with him. They're around him. They're watching him heal people, set people free, preach the gospel, amazing things. And one of them, publicly named Peter, he would always throw himself out there and everyone's like, yeah, you got some AirPods in your ear. But Judas tried to hide it. I don't have anything in my ear. And you know what ended up happening? Both men needed a savior. And only one of them said, I'm going to be humble enough to come back. 
Only one of them said, you have access to my heart. Because as I'm talking right now, I'm watching and I can tell some of us are listening like, man, I, I hope he doesn't see the AirPod. I hope he doesn't see it. I don't need to see it. The Holy Spirit's already working. That's between you and God. This is about your freedom. So the question that I want to answer the last few seconds is, how do we allow the working, the power, the truth, access to your heart? Because it's not enough just to know it. You actually have to allow the Holy Spirit in your life. Amen? So the first thing you have to do, number one, is recognize. Recognize. It, what do I need to get rid of? 1 John 1.8, the deceptive verse says this, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. Anybody here who thinks, I've got it all together, congratulations. I've got a spot reserved for you right over here. Because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. No one is perfect. No one has it all figured out. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. That's what the Holy Spirit is trying to do for every single one of us. I was talking to Pastor Ray a while ago, and there was someone that he was witnessing to, and the person found Christ, and they went from a lifestyle of sin, brokenness, and shame, living with people that they weren't supposed to be living with, and he started telling me this story, and he said, you know what, Pastor Nate? The most incredible thing was he gave up drinking, he gave up sleeping around, he gave up all these things, and you know what's crazy? I didn't tell him to do any of that. The Holy Spirit showed him, you have something in your life. And the thing I want to encourage you, allow the Holy Spirit to come into your life so that you can recognize there's something that needs to be changed. And maybe someone will come into your life like a Cheryl and say, you've got an almond in your tooth. Or maybe you have a brother in Christ that will say this, hey, the way that you talk about your wife is not okay. Or maybe a sister will say, hey, you know, that sounds like a lot like slander. Why are you talking bad about the church like that? Why are you doing this? Why are you going in that, that place? Why are you living your life in such a way? You see, God put us here to love and encourage one another. And I want to encourage every single one of us, let's take the AirPods off. But you're not going to take it off if you don't recognize that it's there. Because you may be like that basketball player say, I'm good, everything's good. And everybody's like, no, you're not. No, you're not. Because if you recognize with the Holy Spirit, you have the opportunity, number two, to repent. To repent. Repentance is a 180 degree turn. Acts 13, 19 says this, repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. I love that passage, that times of refreshing may come. Why? So here's the picture I want you to get. You ready? AirPods are in, and I'm going my way. I've got it all figured out. Playing basketball. Life is good. Life is easy. And then here's what ends up happening. The Holy Spirit hits you or something happens. Boom. And you have an opportunity to be going this way, and when God says, turn to me, and if you turn to me, I will forgive you, and refreshing will happen. Because here's the thing. The lie that the enemy wants you to believe is that although sin may taste good for a season, at some point, it's going to destroy you. 
for the wages of sin is death. It's death. It's nothing to play around with. It's nothing to joke about. As a pastor, the biggest thing that I I just wrestle with is this, this compassion to help people because I love you and I see things in our lives, in my life, in your life that I'm like, Lord, help them because if we would repent, here's what it looks like. I'm going this way down the road of destruction and we see the truth. God shows it to us and here's what it looks like. Boom! And I turn and what does it say will happen? Times of refreshing will come. Some of you here need some refreshing. But are you willing to repent to get to the refreshing? You see, so many people love a message like this because they're hoping it's for somebody else. But maybe the Holy Spirit's nudging at your heart. Is there, a, is there something that needs to be thrown away? Because what's really happening, and this is the last one, is you need to reconnect with the Father. Because if you recognize and you repent, you have an opportunity, and if I could have the worship team come up, that'd be awesome, to reconnect with your Heavenly Father. You see, in 1763, 1763, yes, I said that right, there was a little town in Mississippi called Little Gulf. And it was a beautiful place. It was built right along the river and hotels, businesses, churches. It was flourishing. People were coming by the droves. Civil war happens. Different things happen. It goes through hard times. But as long as the river was close by, this place flourished. Well, three miles up the river, over hurricanes and different disasters and things that happened, debris came along the sand And it started to drift and steer the water just a little bit away from the town. And over a 20-year period, the water went from running right by the town to over three miles away from this town. And what grew between the water and this town was a forest. And the town dried up. And to this day, it's the town called Rodney in Mississippi. It's not even a town. There's just a few people that live there. And when it went from being, listen to this, at one point... It was three votes away from being the capital of Mississippi. Three votes to now it's America's ghost town. Listen to me. Listen to me. An abundant life is a life that lives by the river, that lives in the river. What's the river? It's the Holy Spirit. It's Jesus. It's the presence of God. It's the word of God. That's why we have life journals. That's why we have stuff happening through the week. That's why we preach. That's why we come together because we need the presence and the power of Jesus because we can't throw away these sins on our own. We need the work of the Holy Spirit to transform our hearts and lives so that we can reconnect with him. A town that was once flourishing is now completely dead and gone. And nobody knew why. Why? Because three miles up, there were things that needed to be removed and they didn't remove them. We're gonna receive communion here in just a moment. And I wanna ask you to just grab the elements in a moment and I want you to spend a moment in your own heart and life and ask the Holy Spirit, 
are there things in my life? Is there bitterness? Is there rage? Is there anger? Is there slander? Is there sin in my life? Is there sin in my life? If you're here today and you just be completely transparent and say, Pastor Nate, I need, I need to ask God to forgive me. There's some things, there's some AirPods that need to be thrown away and I need to turn. If that's you, would you just slip up your hand? I'm gonna pray with you right where you're seated. I'm not gonna do that. Thank you, I see that hand, I see that hand. I see that hand. Sin in your life you want forgiveness from. We're gonna pray right now. Man, lots of hands. I love this. There's no shame, there's no guilt, no condemnation. There's freedom for those who come to Jesus. Go ahead and lift your hand high. I'm just gonna pray with you right where you're at. Awesome, lots of hands. Lots of hands. Thank you for being courageous enough to lift your hand. Repeat this prayer after me. It says, Father, I confess my sins and I turn to you. Wash me clean. I take the AirPods out and I replace it with your spirit. I want to be connected to you. Fill me with your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You're free. <laughs> you're free. One last thing, if you're here today, if you're not a believer, communion at, at our church, you don't have to be a member, but we ask that everyone's a Christian. So to take, we can take care of that right now. If you're here and you want to become a follower of Jesus, you've never followed Jesus in your life, maybe you're online watching or you're in this house, today is the day of salvation. If you would like to become a Christian, would you just slip up your hand? I just want to pray for you. You're going to receive Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. We won't embarrass you. just want to pray with you. Awesome. Anybody? Good. All right. Making sure we're all good in the house. You know what? Let's just pray. Maybe those are online watching. So, Father, I pray for anybody here. Church, would you just repeat this prayer with me? Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Wash me and make me clean. I'm going to follow you all the days of my life. You're so good. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the Portland Christian Center Podcast. If you'd like to hear more or learn more about us, visit our website at pcctoday.com or join us online for our live stream at 1030 at live.pcctoday.com.